Good Thursday and welcome to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. Glad to have you along here today. We'll bring you feature agricultural news reports along with a look at regional and national agricultural news. And we'll start with regional agricultural news headlines right after this. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. The 2023 California Underserved and Small Producers Program grant program will provide critical drought relief technical assistance and direct financial assistance for small and medium scale producers or socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers, as well as assistance with business planning, marketing strategies, and other economic recovery activities. This program also supports organizations to act as regional grant administrators to provide direct grant assistance for underserved farmers and ranchers to aid in drought relief In anticipation of the upcoming grant solicitation, the CDFA has published a summary of public comments received on the 2023 CUSP grant program draft RFA during the public comment period from November 4th to November 18th of 2022. These public comments were collected to help inform the program's components. A summary of the comments and draft RFA can be found on the program's website, which is cdfa.ca.gov front slash CUSP front slash. CDFA will publish a final 2023 CUSP grant program RFA with an anticipated application opening date of January 16th. The application period will be open until March 16th of 2023. The application will be available through the Amplifund program. For this round of funding, the CUSP program has $2 million available under the Technical Assistance Grant Program for organizations supporting underserved farmers and ranchers and $20 million for direct drought relief assistance for underserved farmers and ranchers through the Cusp Drought Relief Direct Farmer Grant Program. The following entities are eligible to apply for technical assistance grants and or administer block grant drought relief funds for farmers and ranchers. Nonprofit organizations, tribal governments, county departments of agriculture and resource conservation districts, technical assistance providers must have demonstrated expertise in assisting small-scale and medium-scale socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. Eligible entities can apply for one or both of the 2023 CUSP program components. There is a technical assistance to support underserved farmers and ranchers component. This funding is for technical assistance providers to support farmers and ranchers in applying for federal and state drought relief grant programs and assist with business planning, financial and marketing strategies needed to be resilient and stay in business during the ongoing drought in California. And the other component is the CUSP Drought Relief Direct Farmer Grant. Eligible entities are also able to apply as a regional administrator to distribute grant funds directly to individual farmers and ranchers to aid in addressing specific drought relief financial needs that have been experienced as a result of the ongoing drought in California. 
The California Rice Council will be having their annual grower meetings on January 18th in Calusa and Yuba City. The meetings will provide rice growers and handlers with the latest information on key issues impacting the industry. One meeting will be held at the Calusa Casino Resort in the Sycamore Room. The doors will open at 8 a.m. and the meeting will run from 8.30 to 11.30. And then an afternoon meeting is scheduled at the Hillcrest Plaza Room in Yuba City. Doors will open at 12.30 there with the meeting running from 1 to 4 p.m. PM. This year's scheduled presenters include Taylor Rostian with Con Soares and Conway, who will provide a state update. Tyson Redpath with the Russell Group will provide a Washington, D.C. overview and what to expect for the next farm bill. CDFA Undersecretary Christine Birdsong will provide the latest on the California Small Ag Business Drought Relief Grant Program. David Guy with the Northern California Water Association will provide the latest water year outlook. And Peter Bachman with U.S. Rice will discuss trade and Biden administration updates. For more information on the upcoming meetings, log on to calricenews.org. Bob Benziger, a strong presence and a member of the storied Benziger Family Wine Company, passed away peacefully in his home in Sonoma from a heart attack. He was 70 years old, survived by his wife, three children, and six siblings. He was the owner and sales hospitality executive of the family's Benziger Family Winery for 35 years. Church Brothers is pleased to announce the appointment of Chuck Church to Chief Performance Officer effective immediately. Chuck Church has played an integral role in the sales and marketing over the last nine years at Church Brothers. He brings over 20 years of experience to the agriculture industry, along with growing up as part of a multi-generational agriculture family in the Salinas Valley. Church will work with the CEO and COO to provide leadership and strategic vision as the company continues to grow. The role will work cross-departmentally to provide data and analytical insights that will drive improvements and enhancements and track progress towards organizational goals. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on the every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. California producers grow mostly medium grain rice used in sushi and in Asian cuisine with only a little bit of long grain rice. The South, on the other hand, grows mostly long grain rice with a small amount of medium grain. With California production expected to be reduced once again because of drought, southern producers are predicted to bump up their medium grain acres to meet demand in 2023. In 2022, California planted about 260,000 acres of medium grain varieties out of a total 285,000 acres of rice, according to USDA figures. That pales in comparison to 2020 when the state's growers planted more than 500,000 acres. Even if rain and snowstorms continue, most industry experts don't expect 2023 California acres to rebound to 2020 levels. 
In Arkansas, the nation's number one rice state, growers planted about 100,000 acres of medium grain out of about 1.15 million acres total of rice in 2022. And in Louisiana, the nation's number two rice state, growers planted about 50,000 acres of medium grain out of a total of about 440,000 acres of rice in 2022. An LSU Ag Center rice extension specialist, Dr. Ronnie Levy, expects the slow increase to continue into 2023. Because of some of the issues with California, because of the water issues, we were able to increase our medium grain because there was a demand for medium grain. So hopefully with the prospect of having higher prices and big demand for medium grain, we actually increased almost 3%. From the past years. We're still not at the area that we used to be. We used to be somewhere around 15 to 20 percent medium grain and this year it appears that we're going to plant all the medium grain we can find again. So we, we anticipate a, a higher medium grain uh, production this year in Louisiana. In 2022, Levy said Louisiana rice producers probably would have planted more medium grain but they got off to a wet start at planting. In addition, there wasn't enough medium grain rice seed available to meet demand, but he said he doesn't foresee medium grain seed supply to be an issue in 2023. The biggest thing is availability of seed. Last year, because of the lateness that we found out that there was going to be a shortage in California, there was not enough seed that was available. So we planted all the medium grain that was available. We actually have some new varieties that are coming out that are more available, but also the production went into higher seed production for the medium grains. So we're anticipating just higher uh, acreage in medium grains, and hopefully we, we won't have any major disease problems in those, those varieties where we have a lot higher yields. In Arkansas, the 2022 season was a bit different, with medium grain acres being down more than expected. Dr. Jared Hartke, University of Arkansas System, Division of Agriculture Rice Agronomist, said in hindsight it was probably a blessing. The medium grain varieties didn't fare that well under the high heat and drought conditions experienced last summer. In Arkansas in 2022, we actually saw a further reduction in medium grain acreage, which was a little bit of a surprise. Given just the overall national market and where we were, we expected to see some increase, but with overall acres going down, we didn't expect anything dramatic. But it really led to a, a wet spring, delayed planting, and the loss of a lot of acres of rice overall. It seemed like the medium grain acres took it fairly hard in their loss in those areas in our primary medium grain market area of Poinsett County in general and surrounding areas. That's where a lot of the reduction was. Overall, that probably wasn't the worst thing because of the drought and particularly the heat conditions. Our medium grains didn't fare that well like they normally do, so it was probably a mixed blessing in that regard that we weren't penalized as much because we didn't have as many acres, but that does lead us to even much that much less production for the year because of lower acres and then lower yields off of those acres, so it, it's creating an interesting situation for us right now. Hartke admits he's a bit more bullish on medium grain than some others in Arkansas. He predicted the state could see an increase of about 50,000 acres to 150,000 acres in 2023. For that to happen, weather would have to oblige during planting, which usually is from early April through mid-May. Even with a good planting window, he said he doesn't expect it to rebound to the 250,000 acre level seen in the not-too-distant past. So I think I'm probably a little more bullish on medium grain acres than some are for 2023, but at this point, 
around about a 50,000 acre increase to around 150,000 acres for this year. We have the seed and that's achievable. It's all going to go back to the planting window and weather again if we have that opportunity. A lot of eyes are on the overall industry and other areas of the U.S. and their production potential on medium grain. So if the, the price advantage continues to be there and we get any kind of favorable I'd say normal because we don't know what a normal planting window is anymore, but at least get some dry windows in April when we can really get moving with medium grain. I think we'll see potentially that level of return. Now, it, it hasn't been that many years within the last decade. We have seen in Arkansas some extremes of 200 up to, I think, almost just shy of 250,000 acres worth of medium grain. I don't think anything like that is is on the table. We're not going to see a, a big enough overall acreage shift upward uh, to capture that, but just to kind of keep that in everybody's mind you know those levels have have been achieved in the not very distant past so uh, seeing a rise where there is opportunity in the medium grain market is something we we can't expect. Hartke said a couple of other factors also will have to come into play. The price of inputs, including diesel and fertilizer, at planting time and the prices for competing crops. Many Arkansas producers have the option of growing soybeans or corn on the same ground used for rice. The first thing is just the overall profitability of rice to begin with. So as at the moment, we're seeing a little improvement in diesel fuel prices and urea prices. Our other fertilizers are not really changing and not really likely to change, but if we stay at at some lower levels of fuel and urea fertilizer, just overall improving the profitability of the crop, I think that's that's the other piece that really gets us there. Well, the other part of it's going to be the other competing crops of soybean and corn. If we stay, and it'll never stay static, but if we stay at the same relative price levels that we are now, uh, those are kind of the three parts. Got to have that planting window, the price competitiveness at the moment, and then have that little bit of help that it looks like, at least at the moment, that we maybe have on the fertilizer and fuel prices. That's that's what's going to push us there. As each of those legs, if any of each of those legs starts to give way, then my my bullishness on those acres is going to start to to break loose a little bit. Much like Louisiana, Arkansas is at a transportation disadvantage for Asian export markets compared to California. Even so, Hartke said the region's lower prices for medium grain compared to California could still be a big selling point. As far as transportation goes, if there is desire for Mid-South medium grain to fill any gap, that, that could be there relative to California. If there's that desire, even even with our medium grain prices being higher than long grain, they're still much lower than California medium grain prices. So there is room to offset transportation costs relative to those two, two very different types of medium grains. Regardless of the rice production area, Mother Nature holds all the cards in determining overall rice acres as well as the medium grain production for 2023. In the coming months, the nation's rice producers will be watching the weather as they begin finalizing their planting plants for the coming season. This is Vicki Boyd reporting for My Ag Life. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bee's pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be Hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be Hero, superior bees, superior pollination.
There's good news on the export front this week for the U.S. ethanol industry. Brazil is again suspending its 20% ethanol import tariff. A suspension Renewable Fuels Association head Jeff Cooper says the U.S. industry feared would expire in January. And so we were pleasantly surprised when the Brazilian government announced that it's going to be extending the suspension of that tariff through the end of January 2023. So that gives us another month, gives us some breathing room to continue talking, and it it allows USDA and our friends at USTR to keep working with the Brazilian government to try and find a permanent resolution. Which Cooper says could be helped by Brazil's new incoming Lula government. But Cooper says Brazil's years-old and inconsistent tariff has made a big dent in U.S. ethanol exports. I think it was 2018, we, we exported more than 500 million gallons of ethanol to Brazil. And I think this year we'll probably do something around 60 to 80 million gallons by the time this year is all said and done. RFA wrote to former U.S. Trade Ambassador Robert Lighthizer during the Trump years to urge retaliation against what it said was then Brazil's path of protectionism and obstruction. That, while Brazil continues to enjoy duty-free access to the U.S. market. USDA is investing $9.5 million to support the scale-up of sustainable bioproduct manufacturing in the U.S. Three projects are getting funded through the National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Bioproduct Pilot Program. The program presents an opportunity to spur economic activity in the nation's rural areas while lowering commercialization risks associated with bringing bio-based products to market. Adopting a more circular economy ensures that the wealth and other economic benefits in a form of jobs and other opportunities are created and stay in rural communities, according to Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack. He says they must support and incentivize practices like these because that's what consumers want and what farmers and the planet need. The pilot program's exploration into bioproducts accelerates USA's efforts to develop circular bioeconomies where agricultural resources are harvested, consumed, and regenerated in a sustainable manner. NIFA says each of the recommended projects can help bridge the gap between invention and marketplace. USA's Foreign Agricultural Service released a report titled U.S. Beef Exports to East Asia on a Record Pace. Despite economic uncertainties brought on by COVID, continued global supply chain challenges, and a competitive global beef market, American exports to East Asia were outstanding in the first half of 2022 in terms of value and volume. The report says during the first three quarters of 2022, U.S. beef exports to Asia included Korea, Japan, China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, and they were a record $6.6 billion. That's a 22% increase on a value basis from last year's exports worth $5.4 billion. On a volume basis, the exports were up 6.4%, according to the report. Despite surging food prices in recent months, higher volume shipments indicate a continued demand for beef products. It also shows that East Asia's relatively stable middle class has high disposable income and is willing to absorb the rising costs. Baby formula imports into the U.S. will be subject to tariffs again in 2023 as the exemptions implemented during a nationwide shortage are scheduled to expire. Reuters News says the shortage began during supply chain issues brought on by COVID and those issues began to get worse in February. During that month, the biggest U.S. supplier recalled some products and closed down a manufacturing plant after reporting bacterial infections. Responding to the crisis, American health regulators relaxed import policies and President Joe Biden invoked the cold 
War-Era Defense Production Act to rebuild lagging supplies. Congress made the tariff waivers temporary as part of a deal to pass the measure quickly. Last August, Walmart and Target Corporation, two of the nation's biggest retailers, said supplies of baby formula were improving. The maker of the biggest brand in the market, Infamil, says the formula shortages will likely persist until the spring of 2020. In what kind of financial shape has 2022 left the nation's farm sector? USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford. When it comes to the financial situation for farmers and others in the farm economy, in general, folks are sitting pretty well at the end of 2022. Certainly in better shape than anybody had predicted at the start of 2022, including USDA's chief economist Seth Meyer. Russia's invasion of Ukraine last February sent energy and fertilizer prices soaring, sent farmers scurrying to find the best possible deals on inputs. There were major supply chain jam-ups at U.S. port facilities. Meanwhile, markets for corn and wheat and other crops were up and down like a roller coaster, mostly up and now. As 2022 skids to a halt, Seth Meyer says U.S. agriculture has done very well. In fact, net cash farm income is record high and net farm income the highest since the 70s trade record high and also beyond higher incomes we saw assets and equities rise in 2022 and even some declines in debt so that overall the u.s ag sector is finishing 2022 as seth meyer puts it very strong gary crawford reporting for the u.s department of agriculture Bears Grow Fund Ag Leaders Program is once again partnering to strengthen the future of American agriculture. Farm News reporter Michael Clements reports. To strengthen the future of agriculture, Bayer Fund's Grow Ag Leaders Program will once again partner with farmers to award scholarships to students pursuing careers in any agriculture-related field of study. Grow Ag Leaders Program Manager Aaron Glarner says the program was developed to help encourage rural students to pursue careers in agriculture and emphasizes there are many eligible careers both on and off the farm. The ag industry is growing and the demand of jobs expand well beyond traditional roles such as farming and agronomy. There are jobs Jobs available in engineering, mathematics, data science, communications, and countless others. Students pursuing careers in these areas are eligible to apply for our Grow Ag Leaders Scholarship. Glarner encourages students enrolled or planning to enroll in trade schools, community colleges, and four-year universities to apply for the $1,500 scholarships. The program is available to students pursuing ag-related degrees at either a trade school, community college, or a traditional four-year university. They just need a GPA of 2.5 or higher to qualify. Each applicant also also needs to receive an endorsement from two local farmers. The program is available now until January 12th for applications. Glarner emphasizes that the Bayer Fund has a long history of giving back to local rural communities through its various community outreach programs, helping farmers to further strengthen their communities. Through Bear Fund, we've awarded more than $65 million to rural communities since 2010. The Grow Ag Leader Scholarship Program alone has awarded more than $4 million in scholarships to more than 2,000 students across the U.S. This year, we'll be giving away more than 350 scholarships, totaling more than $500,000. To learn more about the program, Glarner says students should go online to www.fund.bayer.us. Students will find information about the program as well as a link to the FFA website to apply. Again, the deadline to apply is January 12th and the farmer endorsements must be submitted by January 19th. Again, visit www.fund.bayer.us to learn more. That was Aaron Glarner with Bayer, encouraging students in your area to go online and apply today for this scholarship. Don't delay. Applications close on January 12th. Michael Clements reporting. 
sponsored by the California Walnut Boarding Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 